It's showtime. People should not be afraid of their governments. Governments should be afraid of their people. You know, the right to bear arms is because that's the last form of defense against tyranny. Washington is fundamentally corrupt. There are more words in the IRS code than there are in the Bible. Made in America, heard round the world. You're listening to Blunt Force Truth. I'm Chuck Woolery, along with my co-host, Dr. Mark Young. And we got some kind of shape-shifting voodoo economics from <laughs> Biden economics. I mean, he's telling everybody how great it is. and Everybody knows it's not. We were growing at 1%. Now, that's less than Obama, and Obama was crushed because of that. Uh, it's just a, it's an absolute lion mess out there. And I, I, it's funny because Fox has now fallen into the same category. I mean, they, we, you and I both saw them turning the corner when Roger Ailes died, and, and it just slowly but surely. Now, it just you know, when they got rid of Tucker, they've just made a hard. I wouldn't say left, but they made a hard. You know, so Jesse is taking uh, Tucker's place, and uh, they got a new lineup at night. Same people, new lineup, but uh, Tucker's gone, of course. So what's the new lineup now? Who replaces uh, Tucker Carlson at 7 o'clock? Uh, Jesse Waters. But, but who replaces Jesse Waters? Because he had the 7 o'clock hour. I have no idea. I don't know about who's, who's replacing him, but uh, I don't, I'm not sure anybody cares. <laughs> so Jesse Waters does a decent job. He's not yeah, he's, he's not He's not Tucker, though. Come on. You know, of course, nobody is, but uh, it's kind of difficult to. But, you know, that there's a let, let me give you an example that might make sense to people. Uh, when I was replaced by Pat Sajak at Wheel of Fortune, now I'm not taking anything away from Pat. The game was so strong that it didn't really matter who took over. It was just the game. It was all about the game because the game was so man. It was, but whatever, it doesn't matter. It was just the game. So the same thing they tried to do to me on Love Connection, it didn't work at all. Because no, it was host-driven. Because it was host-driven, exactly right. Uh, they tried to do, uh, oddly enough, with uh, RuPaul on Lingo, and that didn't work either, and that was a game show. It was a good game, too. We were on seven years with that on a game show network. So, you know, it's kind of a weird thing, but it's it's hard to replace people. Love Connection was amazing because not only was it host-driven, but folks, you may not remember this. They went out and they found this poor guy named Pat Bullock. <laughs> well, Pat. <laughs> and, yeah. and and Pat Bullock, they trained him to copy Chuck Woolery. <laughs> he he had his hair like you, he dressed like you, he crossed his legs and and like you know, like you do. He was better looking than I was. Well, no, he wasn't. <laughs> he looked like you. And they, no. they literally tried to fool the audience. I know. It, it, it's just it's just one of those odd things. And it's all in, in, in the bottom line about you know, these hosts is concerned. It's all about money. It's who they can pay less to do the same job and, and see if they can get away with it. Well, this in goes some back cases. to something you said, though. Remember you said Hollywood goes, who's Chuck Woolery to what is what comes after who's Chuck Woolery? Oh, it's, it's, it's a cycle. It's a cycle of celebrity. We need someone uh, Chuck Woolery. Then we need find yeah. the Chuck Woolery type. So who's Chuck Woolery? Uh, then it's get me Chuck Woolery. Then it's get me somebody like Chuck Woolery. 
And then finally it comes back around to who's Chuck Woolery, <laughs> which I'm kind of in that phase now. <laughs> so Pat Bullock was a find me a Chuck Woolery. Yeah. Find me somebody like Chuck Woolery. Yeah. So they went out and they looked for a guy who looked like Chuck Woolery. And he did look like Chuck and yeah. acted like him. It was amazing how much he they they must have had him watch a hundred episodes it and just tell him, copy, copy this guy, pretend, act like you are this guy. Which who was the other guy that was really good at, at acting like you? Uh from uh oh come on. Oh the, the comic on uh right, on, the guy who did the man in living color. In living color, Jim Carrey. Jim Carrey. Jim, Jim Carrey. Jim Carrey. Yeah, Copy yeah. Chuck. Well, Jim Carrey did a, a cartoonish version yes. of the, uh, absolutely, it but was, it, was, it was but it was funny though. It was funny. It was. He exaggerated every mo every move I made. <laughs> and that's when you know you have a you have reached the get me Chuck Woolery level. <laughs> yes. So that's when you were at the get me Chuck Woolery level when people were imitating you. <laughs> so my point is is that you can't replace a personality with somebody else. And Tucker, of course, was a you know, he was stirring the pot. He was stirring the pot with Fox. He was stirring the pot with Dominion. He was stirring the pot with Trump. He was doing everything that you can't do on Fox, you shouldn't do on Fox. And so they canned him and then made it like he walked away from the job, which I this is the last thing I heard this week, is that Tucker Carlson left Fox News. Well, <laughs> he didn't leave Fox News. Fox News left him. They're all upset that he's on Twitter now. Well, this is the point. Fox is threatening to sue him. Yeah. And I think that uh, Tucker's absolutely playing them because yeah. he's not on a paid platform and he's he doesn't have a sponsor. Yeah. So yeah. You're, you're claiming that he doesn't have a First Amendment right to be heard in social media? Is that what Fox's position is going to be? I think they'll, you know, they've tried to trash him every way they possibly can, which I, I find mean, fascinating. And people are just absolutely infuriated with Fox for it. And, and Tucker is now crushing everything. Yeah, yeah. In viewership. Getting, well, he's getting hundreds of millions of views. So you know, more than Fox had, that's for sure. Yeah. But he, anyway, that's that's that. And we're talking about the economics of uh, Joe Biden trying to convince everybody that things are fabulous. We're growing at 1% GDP. Chuck, now Canada's growing at 3 India's growing at 6 Green Jean-Pierre. Yeah. Mm -hmm. She says, Americans are feeling better about their personal finances under President Biden. I mean, this is absolutely shape-shifting economics. This is this is gaslighting us. Yeah, it's just amazing. Gaslighting. Yeah, you're doing a lot better than you think you are. This is literally <laughs> telling people, don't believe your lying eyes, believe yeah. us. This is This is gaslighting. Yep. Did you get a chance to listen to Mark Levin this weekend? You know, I was I was busy. Uh, no, I didn't. So I didn't get. The I have it. I have it on tape. I've got to go back and look at it. I wanted. I want to discuss his opening because Levin is a very bright guy. He's a constitutional lawyer. Um. Now, little side note, I do find he has a very nasally voice that I find irritating, <laughs> but he's a very smart guy. He is. He does his research. He really does his research. And part of what he did in his opening was- He footnotes his own show. <laughs> yeah. He was, he was talking about a new book he just came out with, which is called The Democrats Hate America. Mm -hmm. Which is true. 
which is true. And he was admitting it was it was a bit uh, it was a little bit of an insight into who he is because he was talking about uh, how frightened he is for the world, for America, and how this keeps him up at night and how he's not getting much sleep. I did see that. And he was talking about the circles under his eyes, which are prominent. And, you know, that his wife is realizing that this is taking a toll on his health and uh, that he's fearful for the the direction of the country. Mm -hmm. But his point was, and I thought this was fascinating. And you and I, and it's funny because I would almost say, Jesus, I think Levin listened to Blunt Force Truth at some point. (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) He... uh, he had stated how the Democratic Party has never embraced the concept of America. You know, I don't think most Democrat voters really know that. Uh, and, and I'll tell you why. I'm watching YouTube this week, and I'm sampling these these black guys who have uh, podcasts. Mm-hmm. And uh, so they had this one guy said, well, a, a viewer sent in a thing from Thomas Sowell about slavery. And he said, I want you to watch this because I'd, I'd never seen anything like this. And basically what it was, was exposing all of the misinformation about slavery. And, and he would stop about every two or three minutes and say, I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. I had no idea. So what it showed me was most Democrat voters are really uninformed. And once they get informed, it's like lights go off and they go, holy cow, is this real? And, and they it, do it over and over again. And this is where Levin was at. And you and I have done this before. And Levin walked through it. And, and it was simply this. At the founding of this country, we were about God-given rights. The mm-hmm. conservatives were about God-given rights. And the battle that took place during the, the Constitution between the North and the South, was really between the the now Republicans and the then Democrats. And we had to find compromises because at that point, the Democrats didn't agree with our vision of America, which was freedom for everybody, which was free markets. And he brings up that the Democrats were slavery. The Democrats were the Ku Klux Klan. The Democrats were the Black Laws. The Democrats were Jim Crow. These are some of the things that are being exposed on YouTube now through people like Thomas Sewell and 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 these Black guys who have these podcasts are astounded with the information they're finding out that they never knew. I'm and, talking about these Black guys, the guys who are hosting these podcasts. And his point is, that the Democratic Party never embraced the American dream and that they still do not embrace the American dream. No. Even when true. you look at they, I mean, they you have can go pro- back to Woodrow Wilson and, and come forward. Uh, you can even go back to Andrew Jackson to a certain extent and come forward. And in reality, the Democratic Party is a Marxist party. Well, they've always embraced that side. For years and for over a hundred years, they are Marxists. Yeah, and a lot of people aren't aware of that. And Levin's where Levin was going with this is: we can no longer focus on beating the Democratic Party at the polls. His point is, 
we must focus on the complete obliteration and destruction of the Democratic Party. That as long yeah. as the Democratic Party exists, America is in peril. And I believe that that's true. And I think that that's what you see in this divide that is uncompromisable at this point, if I can, you know, coin a word. Uh, they don't want... Uh, the, the, there are certain Republicans within the context of our government who want to compromise. Uh, Tim Scott's one of them, by the way. Tim Scott has allowed them to pass uh, judges. I don't know whether you're aware of this or not, uh, because he, he voted along with the Democrats on certain votes, certain judges that uh, that, Ob that, Ob <laughs> that Biden is trying to put into place. Pretty much and Joe he, Biden. And he was the deciding vote without having to bring Kamala Harris down, tie it up and have to bring Kamala Harris down and give the final vote. So a lot of people are kind of blanking about that. But there are a lot of people who are trying to get along with Democrats. And the Democrats will paint you as, as what they are, even when you try to get along with them. They will always paint you in a corner and say that you're a terrorist and you're uh, a deplorable and you're all of these words and everything else. And they will constantly paint you like that. So you finally come to the point where you say, okay, there's just no appeasing these people. No matter what you give them, they fire back, you know, broadside you every time. So why even bother? We're kind of at that point right now where we're just disillusioned with everything in government. The, his, the historical book that I will give you, which I'm sure you can just take off with, which is Peace in Our Time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Chamberlain felt that he could negotiate with evil. We find that uh, replete in history. And, and, you know, the other problem is, Mark, and, and you know this as well as I do, um, we dabble in history, you and I both, mm -hmm. uh, and people who, frankly, know things no history. I'll give you an example of somebody who's got more firepower than anybody on Capitol Hill ever hoped to have, and most people in academics hope to have, and that's uh, uh, Victor Hansen, mm -hmm. Victor Davis Hansen. Victor Davis Hansen has more intellectual firepower than, and he's a farmer in Central Valley of uh, of California. That's really what his primary job had always been all his life before he became an academic. But uh, he, he's a fascinating guy. I, I've done a lot of study on him this last week and listened to him talk about his life and how he grew up. And Oh, super bright guy. He said, you know, it's really funny. He said, I, I came back and farmed for five years after I got my Ph.D. because I couldn't make a living. And uh, he said, the problem is, and this is true, he started breaking things down in Europe. And he said, the people who were successful were the ones who wanted to work. Oh, the southern part of Europe really didn't want to work that much. But the northern part of Europe, the Scandinavians, people like that, they worked their butts off. And he said, my dad, you know, was Scandinavian. And when we moved here, he said, you know, I was remember sitting at the table at six o'clock in the morning and having a cup of coffee and relaxing. And my dad looked at me and said, what are you doing sitting at the table? He said, I'm having a cup of coffee. He said, no, no, you get out and work. You work now. And he said, I was driven like a mule. <laughs> to go to work. <laughs> he said, and all my brothers and sisters were too. We had to work. Well, you so, and I grew up like that. Yeah, but but here we are in this, this land of plenty and all these government subsidies and everything else. People just don't want to work. 
which is a great opportunity for those who do want to work. Oh, any I, I tell young people this all the time. If you show up on time, do what you're supposed to do and say please and thank you, you will be seen as a genius in the marketplace today. Exactly. And so you don't have to, you really don't have to do much to show up is 90% of it. Yeah. Show up, do what you do, what you said, say please and thank you and watch how people will just keep promoting you. If you do those, those four simple things. So I watched something else that I think, I think was fascinating. I don't know who put this together, but it was talking about the mentality of ghetto blacks. And the mentality of blacks that moved from the south to the north, that there was a great migration of that. And I think it was a black guy who was doing this. And he went down the history and he said, and he started saying things like the redneck blacks. And I thought, what the crap is he, what is this about? And so I'm listening to him and he goes through this whole history. And he's right. This whole history of Appalachia, of Welsh, Irish. British, there was a certain group of people from a certain points in all of those areas that came and populated, I'm talking about white people, that came and populated the United States. Most of them went to the South. And the Hatfields and the McCoys. <laughs> he mentioned them too. And he said they had a had a chip on their shoulder. They They were lazy. They didn't want to work. They were rednecks. And he said, all of these Slave owners who were like that and people around them, he said, all of them were slave owners. But he said they adopted this whole thing within the black community, not showing up on time and having that be okay and, and not working hard. He said it really is a legacy of white rednecks from Europe, which mostly said not Scandinavian countries, but all around Britain, Scotland, Ireland, all of those people that came over here said they were just lazy as hell. And they just passed it on to the people who they worked with, which are black people. And then they all moved north and they had adopted the same kind of language. And I, it was fascinating. I'd never heard this before. And I I had to admit at the end of listening to it, it went on for about an hour and a half. And in, at the end of listening to it, I thought, holy cow, I think this guy's got something here. Yeah, there it's, was really, it's really the fault of white rednecks from Europe or from England and Ireland and Scotland who really started this whole ball rolling. And by the way, what's one of the things that the white rednecks in this in Appalachia and the South did? They all lived on the government check. Yeah, with an antenna, a broken down car, and a dog with an infected ear and a cooler hot pot in the front yard. <laughs> and an engine <laughs> hanging out of the tree. I mean, listen, I grew up there, so I know. Uh, but anyway, it was just fascinating that it, the, the root of all of this abhorrent behavior that we find in ghettos today and in cities today is really rooted in the the beginnings of all these people from from the European or from the British Isles who came over here who were the same. Even even the you know the we we kind of make fun of people say I be this and I be that and I think that's from England and Ireland. It's it eubonics. It's basically from England and Ireland. That's that's how they talked. So speaking of Appalachia, so we got contacted a few weeks ago by a fundraising group in Appalachia. They want money? They did want money. They wanted Chuck Woolery's help. 
Yeah. So there are apparently <laughs> they must be desperate. <laughs> apparently, a couple of hundred houses that were damaged by weather, Give and the government's not stepping in. And they were trying to raise money. And they said, "Do you think Mr. Woolery would would help us raise awareness for raising money for these homes in Appalachia, knowing that he comes from that area?" Mm-hmm. And Governor, uh, what's his name, Bissar, in uh, West Virginia, in uh, Kentucky. He's the Kentucky governor. Oh, okay, okay. And he I, was called. I've lost track of all these people yeah. now. Bashir. And so Bashir, yes, Bashir. Andy. Is so, he the Democrat or the Republican that's going to replace? Democrat. Huh? Democrat. Democrat. He's yeah, a Democrat. Democrat. So um, I look at what they have and I'm like, okay, well, we, you know, I would think Mr. Woolery is interested in these people not being homeless. Sure. How, how about if we let you come on our show as a guest and you can talk about what the needs are? Mm-hmm. And we could let our audience, you know, donate money to your cause. Okay. Seems like a reasonable move, doesn't it? Pretty awesome. Sure. Yeah. Well, they sent us an email saying that they listen listening to the show. They decided. listened to the podcast and they now have to uh, <clears throat> rethink their uh... disrespectfully <laughs> decline our offer to come on the show. I don't know why. I, I wouldn't be adversarial to. Of the needs of not. others and the community I grew up in, that's for sure. But think about this. The needs of 200 homeless families does not outweigh the group's political bent when it comes to raising money and helping them. Well, you look, they are frauds and they can't help themselves. That is they an just, absolute fraud. Yeah, that is perfect they description. They, they can't help themselves. Because That's we are sitting are. here saying, we're willing to help. We're willing to put you on the air. We're willing to let you talk about the needs of these people. Mm-hmm. We're willing to let you talk to Chuck Woolery about what's going on in the area where he was born and 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 let him express his concern for these folks. And you say, well, no, we'd like to have Chuck Woolery's money and his help. But due to his Wait, political views, his ideology, you know, we would rather walk away <laughs> from Chuck Woolery's money. Yeah. What Chuck Woolery can do than be seen associated with someone as extremist. Well, of course. Chuck Woolery. The minute you're in the middle, you're extreme. I mean, think about that term. The Democrats, because you and I have discussed, the Democrats do a great job of all latching on to the same talking points. The well, they're a herd. They're, they're really a herd of sheep. And they follow each other right. faithfully. So everything is extremist MAGA Republicans. Well, we're the wolves, you know, for the sheep. So, you know, here's the like part us. I don't get. Think about this. Make America great again. That's what MAGA means. Yeah, that's terrible. To want to make America great makes you an extremist. Well, you know, Interesting. in Democrat thought, this is not globalism. This is uh, this is uh, tribalism. Now it's interesting because tribalism. If you listen to Victor David Hansen, has this. He owns this. He knows exactly what's going on. He said with Barack Obama, what he finally did was tribalize America, mm-hmm. split us into groups, little little you know groups that are griping about what we need and what we don't have, and and we're victims of this. He said, take for instance Oprah Winfrey, who's a billionaire. And Meghan Markle, who's a multimillionaire, he said they're all victims, yeah. and they claim victimhood. He said it's ridiculous. 
but you know, people buy it. And so, you know, how could you be a billionaire sitting in a $24 million mansion on, uh, on, and, and, uh, wherever that Martha's vineyard or wherever it is, the Hamptons mansions, everything. Uh, yeah. With the Obamas. I mean, good Lord. How do you do that? How do you get that kind of money? But at the same time, Obama and many people on the left have been ridiculing the billionaire who died in that submarine. Yeah, I didn't know that. I know that oh Obama, Obama wasn't happy about... Uh, oh, they just ridiculed him as this This is... Obama actually came out with this as an example of the excess. Mm-hmm. How, the, how the excess of the rich eventually goes wrong. Because well, look, so much money, you can just go out and pursue any kind of wild, risky, thrill-seeking behavior that you want because your ill-gotten gains have allowed you to do this. And these dirtbags got on TV, and I believe that was was a Good Morning America. One of them got on TV and literally said, the billionaire who died, well, you know, he's obviously a big risk taker and doesn't and is ignored the rules his entire life. And said, has probably built his fortune by breaking the rules. Well, that's how they think everybody on the right uh, makes it, money. They have to break rules to get it. So this guy and his son. But not them. They don't do it. And they're, and by the way, they're the billionaire class now. Good. Let's be honest. Not the Republicans anymore. It used to be, but not anymore. This guy and his son tragically die in, in, in this event. And the only thing they can do is ridicule him for being wealthy. You know, if he wasn't so wealthy, he wouldn't have been in a submarine. So it's interesting that the Navy picked up on this right away. They knew exactly what happened. Mm-hmm. They notified the families. They said, okay, there's been there's been a problem, and we know about it. We're not going to tell you how we know about it, but we know about it. This yep. was within the first hour that it happened. And the news kept going on and on and on about <laughs> This tragedy and never acknowledged the fact that it had already been solved by the Navy. And why? Because it's, you know, everything's news cycle and it goes on forever. I think it's a bigger picture. I think it, it, it created, it created a a cover story for more of Hunter Biden, bad acts. Well, there's that too. And (laughs) we're, we're slaves to it. Ad revenue news loves eyeballs. The commercials mm-hmm. during heavy news cycle, yep, more expensive. But it did run a lot of cover for all the all stuff Biden. For, for Biden. You look at Biden right now. Who isn't running cover for Biden? Trump. <laughs> He's the only one that's not running cover for Biden. I mean, the DOJ is running cover. The FBI is running cover. The CIA is running cover. The intel community is running cover. The entire bureaucracy of, of Washington, D.C. is running cover for Joe and Hunter Biden. Now. Joe knows nothing about Hunter Biden's activities, correct? Well, that's what he said many, many, many times. And if Joe says it, I believe it. Well, he certainly does. Joe would not lie, Chuck. I well, should know that. Yeah. Because he has the honor as a Biden. I'll go along with his joke. Go ahead. Yes. He has his honor, I swear to you, as a Biden. And that means something. When somebody says they're a Biden, that means something. What it means, it means the truth is it's the tip of their tongue. What it means is they're part of a crime family. So I want to I just want to read you the text of a WhatsApp message 
sent by Hunter Biden. Folks, this message is not in dispute. No one is questioning that Hunter didn't send the message. This is Hunter Hunter Biden sending a WhatsApp message. This came from an IRS criminal supervisory special agent, Gary Shapley. Now, as we know, whistleblowers were the Democrats' favorite people in Washington. Look, let's let's be honest. Everything that favors the Democrats that they can twist into their favor is fine until it isn't. (laughs) And then everything's out the window. So the IRS obtained a July 2017 WhatsApp message from Hunter to Harvest Fund Management CEO Harry Chow showing Hunter allegedly pressuring Chow to satisfy a pledge. Now, remember, we're talking about the Chinese Communist government here. We're calling leverage him, leveraging him. Here's Here's the quote. I'm sitting here with my father. And we would like to understand why the commitment made has not been fulfilled. Tell the director that I would like to resolve this now before it gets out of hand. And now means tonight. And Z, if I get a call or text from anyone involved in this other than you, Chang, or the chairman, I will make certain that between the man sitting next to me and every person he knows and my ability to forever hold a grudge that you will regret not following my directions. Signed, Hunter. Mm -hmm. That's like a, isn't that like almost a line out of the Godfather? It's extortion. Of course. Yeah. I'm going to be an offer right? They're not above anything. The thing that gripes me is that, uh, that everybody runs cover for them in the government, which shows you, I said years, I, if not, you know, weeks ago, that uh, Washington, D.C. is a Democrat town run by Democrats in the favor of Democrats. Uh, it's a centralized government, and and they have all the power, and they use it, and they and you can't embarrass them. If if they're caught, they just laugh it off. I mean, look at Joe Biden with his little laugh and smirk. I mean, he's he knows he's protected until he isn't. And yeah. when he's not useful anymore, he won't be. Hey, everybody, I want to tell you about a product called Vitalia Life, V-A-T-E-L-L-I-A Life. And that is the website, by the way. And, and there'll be a link in the show notes if you're looking for it. This product from Vitalia Life, this is Nitric Boost. Uh, so what this is, is this is a nitric oxide booster. Why is that important? Because nitric oxide, which the discovery of it won the Nobel Prize some years back, several years back, is the first molecule that was discovered in the human body that communicates to other cells. And what nitric oxide does, it tells your arteries to relax, to open up, to have more blood flow. So it's critical for great cardio health, for great cardiac health. It also works for something else. So now I'm going to talk to the guys out there. A a lot of people use drugs for ED, stuff like Viagra, Cialis, uh, Levitra. These products, what those products do is those products actually help accumulate nitric oxide in your body and make it available for when you need it. Or as they say in their ads, when the time is right. Here's the problem. When you take those drugs, 
if your body doesn't have nitric oxide in it, they don't work. They can only work as well as the amount of nitric oxide you have on board. So you want to have, if you're using these drugs, you want to have nitric oxide on board. Now, by the way, a lot of people will find out that when they resolve the nitric oxide problem, uh, they've literally resolved the ED problem and they don't even need the drugs. Uh, the other thing that's good about nitric oxide, uh, just so you know, it will enhance vitality, it's heart health, it will give you more energy, uh, can even help lower blood pressure. So I want you to take a look at this. This is great stuff. I take, I'm going to tell you right now, I take a lot of nitric oxide. Vatelia Life, V-A-T-E-L-L-I-A, life.com. You can go there and use the uh, promo code BFT, like Blunt Force Truth, and that will get you a 10% discount. Or you can sign up for the membership, and your first month, I believe, is free. I think you just pay shipping and handling. Uh, try it out. And uh, drop me an email, send me a note, let me know how you're using it and uh, how you like it. Here's a voicemail from Joe. Because Hunter Biden, who, in, I got it. First off, who records all their messages, their voice messages, and takes pictures of themselves high on crack with hookers? Yeah. I mean, yeah. what what weird obsession do you have going on in your head? And then after uh, committing three felonies that are reduced to misdemeanors and pleading guilty to them, invited to the White House dinner. So here's 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 Joe. <laughs> paraded before the public. This is Joe saying, hey, pal, it's dad. It's 8.15 on Wednesday night. If you have a chance, give me a call. Nothing urgent. I just wanted to talk with you. Uh, about the to the article released online. From the New York Times. This is a New York Times article. The article was a New York Times article that documented a private meeting between the chairman of a now defunct Chinese energy company and Hunter Biden at a Miami hotel. Mm -hmm. But remember, dad knows nothing about this. Dad knows everything about it. Come on. If he, if he doesn't know it, he's got intel agencies and CIA and, and FBI and everything else to inform him and let him know what's going on. And Joe Biden knows. is the head of a crime family. Oddly enough, this family actually has, I think they actually have money in the aviator sunglass company. Hell yeah. Because everyone in the family wears the same aviator sunglasses. I don't know what that's about. Well, they really well, like those a lot. Here's look, here's another picture of them. They both have the same exact aviator glasses, dad and, and son together with their matching glasses. Come on, man. This guy is absolutely running a crime family. And well, as we, long as don't you as long feel as, helpless right now? No, and I'll tell you why. Because I, the American people, I think, are waking up as all this information comes out. Although mainstream media won't cover it, uh, certain people at Fox cover it. Uh, Newsmax is covering it. Uh, so there are outlets out there that are, you know, are are available that are talking about it. Uh, so if you're just adverse to listening to certain people on Fox um, or Newsmax or whatever, then you probably aren't getting the information. But I think it's it's leaking out drip by drip and Congress is trying to do what they can possibly do in the House. And uh, they're doing a good job, you know, of exposing the corruption 
within our government, not just with Joe Biden, but within our government. So my, my good friend, Dan Sullivan, and you've met Dan several times, very smart guy. Yep. Dan is making a prediction. His prediction is that we are currently watching the death of the Democratic Party. That may be true. And they need to die. <laughs> they need to and, well, and Dan's I don't mean physically. Yeah. I'm just no, we know what you mean. But they would they that's the difference. We want them out of power. They want us dead. Yep. Well, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. But here's his reason. His reasoning is that the Democratic Party, that the core of the party has been taken over by the far left Marxists, that the voting Democratic Party, that a big part of the voting body are not Marxist. No. They're more union Democrats who grew up that way, Southern Union Democrats, and they have that Democrat mentality, but they're not really Marxist. And his, his belief is that the Democratic Party will end up splitting into two parties. And his point is, if you split it into two parties, you now have a third party, which means they'll both parties will be weaker. Well, look, I don't agree with a lot of things that uh, Robert Kennedy Jr., is that right? Yeah, what, RFK, what he yes. says. But he is an athem to, to the Democrat Party right now. I mean, they hate him. And he's got 20% of the vote. Sure does. They they despise him. Well, you and I have always talked before. If John F. Kennedy was alive, he'd have to run as a Republican. Yeah. So, I mean, RFK doesn't make a very good Democrat. And he's been coming out, as we know, he's against the vaccines. He's been against Big Pharma. And now the biggest attack on him is the fact he took a picture of himself without a shirt on. Would you see him lifting weights in Venice, California, <laughs> doing a workout? The guy's <laughs> he's in great shape. And he's, what, 60 years old? 70. He's no, he's not 70. 70? We'll look it up here. I read that he was 70. If he's 70, he looks like he's got a body of a 35-year-old. And that's what they're attacking him for, Chuck. Because he looks good without a shirt on? The Democrats are 69. Is he 69? Really? 69. Gosh. I'm happy I have no to idea. report. I am happy to report at this week's race when I was racing this weekend. My fellow race instructors all thought I was 53. So nice. Yeah, well, you look good for your age. But at any rate, the here's what the Demo this is the Democrats' big attack on RFK now. This guy comes out against big pharma. And then takes a picture with his shirt off to show how jacked up on testosterone he is. Because no one could look like that if they weren't injecting testosterone. Is that what they're that's, saying? That's the claim. <laughs> that he's using Big Pharma to look all he-man-ish while trashing Big Pharma. Well, look, they're going to trash him because he really is a threat. He's a he's a big threat to them. He does look and, good. Uh, oh, he so, looks great. This one? Yeah. Yeah, he looks good. It's too bad that he's got this speaking problem. He has a really hard time talking. It's uh, I don't know what that is, but yeah, he does have a really rough voice. I will give you that. But no, he looks good. But but think about that. I mean, he's kind of a fringe candidate, and he's got twenty percent of the vote from Biden. He's got the name. Yeah. Marianne Williamson has got ten percent, mm -hmm. and she communicates with space aliens. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, these people would rather rather. <laughs> 10% of the Democrats would rather vote for a Sherpa 
or Miss Cleo, then vote for Biden. How bad is your reelection when I, people will take Miss Cleo over you? So I'm watching Fox this morning. Uh, I'm switching back to different stations and MSNBC with Morning Joe, and I'm watching, you know, what's going on with uh, CNN. And then I switch back to Fox, and I see Martha McAllen and uh, what's her name used to be the spokesman for Bush uh, had the show today. Yep. And they're talking about polls and how tight it is and what a race it's going to be. And I thought, okay, here we go. Now everybody's going to set this election up as it's going to be a really tight election. It's it's a horse race. You got to stay tuned because boy, anything can happen, and the springs are springing every place, and people are busting out, and they're just they don't know what to do, and it's going to be awesome. I it, we're being set up again. So and if it's I, a year and a half away. Do you think Biden will be able to run for election from his basement again this time? I, I said that Biden wouldn't run eventually, that he would be out. That's what I said. That's what I think. Uh, they keep saying, you know, he's our guy. So the more they say he's our guy, the more I think maybe he's not our guy. What's the latest you can announce that you're running? Like, what happens if he announces and then he pulls well, out? Well, you'd have to you'd have well, to get in. I thought he already announced. He did. I'm saying, what if he pulls out? You can pull out anytime. anytime. Yeah, you can pull out anytime. Yeah, you can pull out. He'll be pulled out. Yeah, that's let's be honest. I mean, he's not going to pull out. Someone will pull him out. I know, but some group they put back. Kamala Harris has the worst ratings. I know in history, any vice president, the worst ratings in history. Yeah, the poll shows forty nine percent of registered voters have a negative view of her. She has a seventeen point spread. Seventeen. Percent more people hate her than like her. Well, I think that's probably way off. It's probably far more. I don't probably believe polls anymore. I saw one poll that said she only had a 19% approval oh, rating. Yeah. Now, Matt had a breaking news story here. Is this Jeffrey Epstein? Yeah, Epstein. DOJ, DOJ just said uh Epstein's death was blamed on misconduct. 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 That's what they call murder these days. Combination of negligence and misconduct <laughs> enabled him to take That's his own. Amazing. Yeah, of course. Misconduct. So, what was the misconduct? Well, it was a Washington jail. It was a combination of negligence and misconduct. Yeah. Yeah, because because the negligence was failed to assign him a cellmate. Problems with surveillance cameras. That's it. So here's a guy. And people who, were asleep. And everyone was right. So a guy who's America's number one most interesting uh, cell, you know, defendant who had dirt on everybody in politics, who had the dirt on everybody gets put in a cell. All the cameras mysteriously fail. The two guards assigned to watch him both fall asleep. And then he finds a way to hang himself with a bed sheet, even though no one has been able to replicate or duplicate this hanging to be able to figure out how you could have hung yourself the way he did. Well, the guy who investigated this after it was all over was uh, uh, his name isn't Biden. It's what is it? Uh, Might as well be. I know, but it, well, he he said that he didn't hang himself, but uh, that uh, he was he was uh, there was certain something broken in his neck that wouldn't have happened with hanging. 
So they immediately dismissed him. He was. Oh, you thinking he was of there. You're thinking of uh, yeah, Botton. Yeah, everybody went to Botton before. Everybody thought Botton was the greatest thing on earth. Everybody praised Botton's yeah. expertise, and then all of a sudden, he's not anybody he because is, he is off of everybody's uh, exactly. everybody's uh, favorite <laughs> Christmas list now. That's right. But look what happened to. Uh, uh, What's the name? Dershowitz. He was well, the yeah. dar- he was a darling of the left until he disagreed. Now he's yeah. now he's like a case of herpes. Okay, that's this is a, a great example of of the Democrat Party in Washington and what they do. It's it's fine as long as you agree with them. When you disagree with them, you're dead. They want nothing to do with you. You have no credentials. You can't uh, talk about anything because you don't agree with their ideology and where they're going on the left. So, you know, that's just the way they play the game. And they're all bureaucrats. I I said to you over the weekend, I think I called you, I said, the problem with everything is bureaucracy. Because no one's held accountable in bureaucracy. You can't do it. It's too many people. They're spread out all over the place. And so they can do what they want. They're unelected. So they can do anything they want to do. And they do. And as we said, it is a French word. And the opposite of bureaucracy is entrepreneur. Right. So so the deal is the Democrats install all of this bureaucracy. So they know that those are the people they have to support. And so they do. If Trump comes along and says, we're going to get rid of the bureaucracy and thin it out and get rid of all these uh, Department of Education, this department and that department that are really not doing any good, things that are just uh, replicated throughout uh, uh, the bureaucracy, do you think they're going to vote for him? Absolutely not. Do you think they're going to support him? No way. You are not going to go into Washington, clean house, and be supported by Washington, which 97% of the people in Washington vote Democrat. So uh, we're waiting for a bunch of rulings to come down from the Supreme Court right yeah, now. Nothing. It could it could be today, too, they're saying. We're they waiting say either it. today or Friday. Yeah, and I'm really interested to see if if Biden's student loan thing gets gunned down. I don't know any way that the Supreme Court can't, unless they rule that the states who brought the case don't have standing. Well, look who the enemy is of the Democrats now. This is the Supreme Court. They're well, after everybody in the Supreme Court. Now, two weeks ago, they like the Not on their Court. side. I'm sorry? Two weeks ago, they were praising the Supreme Court. Well, two weeks ago, the Supreme Court made a decision that Democrats liked, and then they, they all said it was great. Uh-huh. And then they immediately went back to calling them right-wing extremists. So the justices have ruled so far that a judge can overrule uh, a state legislature if the state legislature is conflicting with federal election laws. Mm-hmm. So this is going to jam up a lot of a lot of these blue states who are out trying to make election laws to circumvent the feds. We'll see. Because think about it. You know, you got California and places like that that want to make illegals vote. And but they're going to be able to stop that. A judge will be able to stop it. We'll see. Democrats are saying that the Supreme Court is trying to prevent access to voting. Well, I mean, look, they say this all the time. It's it's like uh, identification. If you have to identify yourself as an American citizen and have uh, the proper identification to do that in order to vote, well, then that keeps other people from voting. I mean, it's 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 just they do this over and it's the same old 
playbook, which I find fascinating that the American people would even fall for because it is so repetitious. It's like paying your fair share. Nobody will describe what your fair share is, but they got to pay their fair share. I I ask that question. When these people get on Twitter and say the rich need to pay the fair share, I will often ask, please describe fair share. What is, what is it? Now, let me well, they can't do it because they don't know. They don't. It just sounds good. It's a bumper sticker. So let, I, I want to tell people how, like Biden this week, how he is again so twisting things and so lying. So on Biden's Twitter account, he said it's a t- it's time that the rich pay pay their fair share. I've never heard that before. Now, first off, let me point out. Hunter Biden has not been made to pay the taxes on his money. Uh, that was like a couple of million dollars or five million. million. Dollars, it's it's like a few million. A few million doesn't qualify. Right. Yeah. That's that's yeah, well, it's low, a misdemeanor. Low it's what everybody else is put in jail for. Let's yeah. look, look, folks. L- let me just bottom line this for you. Everything that was that was uh, pleaded down with Hunter Biden would put him in jail. It's that simple. Predicted, and everybody else would go to jail for the same stuff, but Hunter Biden doesn't. And there are lots of black and brown people who have had gun, uh, the similar gun uh, charges brought against them, who are in jail right now, but not Hunter. Not Hunter. So they're 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 describing something I saw this week. It was kind of interesting. We were talking about the second in command at the DOJ. It's a woman. McDonald, I think her name is. I think it's McDonald, something like that. And got a picture of Joe sitting on the steps talking to this woman. He sniffing she was, her? I'm sorry? Is he sniffing her in the picture? <laughs> no, I don't think he was sniffing her. I think they were talking about how to get Hunter off. Monaco? So, Lisa Monaco? Lisa Monaco. That's who it is. Now, Lisa Monaco is a is the queen of the deep state. She has failed upward. She was part of the Enron deal along with Weissman. She, all of these people are failures, and they're all going to the top mm-hmm. in government. So she's one of those who runs all of these little cabals for um, for the DOJ. And uh, so I don't know whether anybody will ever do an in-depth on her, but uh, they should because she's Maybe bad. She's will. a bad actor. Let's let's pull her out and we'll take a look at her. Okay. So here's what I'm going with this. Biden got on Twitter this week and he said, billionaires are only paying 8% income tax. The average billionaire pays 8% income tax. Well, that's a lie. While working people are paying so much more. That's not true. I mean, there is a way to make that true. Well, it's a way that Warren Buffett made it true to a certain extent. Was he he was invested in a lot of uh, non-taxable uh, government bonds and things? No, it's even it's even more insidious than that, Chuck. Oh, okay. Here's here's how the White House is calculating this, and this is why I want to explain this to people because remember, every time they say the billionaires and millionaires aren't paying their fair share, those laws that they want to make are coming for you. So is there always coming for the middle class eventually, because that's where the, that's ultimately these leftist socialist communists are after the middle class in And if you fall into that category, you are their target ultimately. Correct. 
87,000 new IRS agents are not chasing 400 billionaires. No. I mean, think about it. No, they're chasing it, it, little gun stores in Nebraska. Right. So you're going to have, you'd have 2,200 agents chasing each billionaire. So, so to really understand this and put it in perspective, in order for socialism slash communism to work, you have to have a ruling class and you have to have an underclass that depends on the ruling class. You can't have a middle class that doesn't depend on the ruling class. No, no. no. Socialism and Marxism always only has two classes. So there you go, folks. So here's how I should tell you all you need to know. Here's how they get to the 8%. Follow with me here. Let's say that you own, I'm going to make this real simple. Like most people who are listening today, you own a home. And let's say that home appreciates in value. So let's say you bought that home for $300,000. And this year, because of inflation or whatever, that home's now worth $350,000. Biden says you made $50,000. Only if you sold it. You don't need to. I I know. They're doing this with the investment community. Forget the homeowners. They're doing it with Wall Street, too. Or you have a 401k, and your 401k goes up 10%. Yeah, that's that's what I'm saying. It's it's not just homeowners. It's everybody who shows a profit in a year and doesn't sell. Or you know the way that they get to billionaires are paying eight percent is they are calculating it based on asset appreciation that the billionaire may own, a company, real estate, investments, whatever the case is, that the current asset appreciated value has gone up, but the billionaire didn't pay taxes against it, therefore. Based on the taxes that they did pay, they're only paying an eight percent tax rate because current appreciated right. Because according to Biden, you should pay taxes on all your unrealized gains. Okay, this is where I come up with the shapeshifter voodoo economics. Because what do they do when everything falls apart and people lose money? Well, you, you blame the Republicans. <laughs> of course you do. <laughs> I mean, folks, let's understand something. And you really need to understand this. When Trump left office in the middle of COVID, he left the country with a 6% GDP, 6%. And Biden inherited that and swore it was horrible. He brought it all the way down to 1%. Now it's a 2%. Which for a Marxist is a success. Pardon me, it's still 1%. It's not 2%. But if your goal is Marxism, then you are winning. Yeah. Think about it. We have corrupted the DOJ, the FBI, the IRS, OSHA. We have have corrupted the EPA. These organizations are nothing (laughs) more than political hit squads now. And they are armed to the team. Uh, thank you. I was just getting ready to say that they're armed as well. They are. They are. We and you are, wonder why they want to take away your guns. And they don't have AR-15s. Oh no! No, no, they, they got automatic have, weapons. They don't have AR-15s. Oh God, no! What would they do with an AR-15? Yeah. Eric Adams, Chuck. Yeah, this <laughs> clown. I love wood-fired pizza. Leave me alone. Eric Adams does not love wood-fired pizza like it is the best pizza in the world wood-fired pizza eric adams likes vegan pizza 
with vegan cheese cooked probably in a solar oven would be my guess get one of those up to a thousand degrees so new york is now going to pass a law that any coal or brick fired commercial pizza oven built after 2016 will have to cease operations or they will have to buy extremely expensive air scrubbing equipment to control the smoke. The yeah, this is the problem with New York is wood fired pizza. Yes, you got to understand that, folks. <laughs> and and people are nuts. Chuck, stop making fun of Eric Adams. He has a reason for this. Of course, it's polluting the air. I'm sure it's. He says it's because of the wildfires in Canada. <laughs> Oh my gosh! Oh, jeez! Oh my lord of mercy! You can't make this crap up. So, according to Eric Adams, the biggest issue in New York right now—wood-fired pizza—is the smoke from a wood-fired pizza oven. And they said something about coal-fired too. I've never coal-fired. Yes, coal-fired. Never had a coal-fired pizza, but coal ovens to make. Uh, There's a couple of. There's a couple out there. but Well, you know, the funny thing about it is how many wood-fired pizza owners are there in New York? I, I was thinking about that today. How many are there? I bet they're not that many. Maybe 10, 15. If that, uh, if probably the, more than that. Yes. But the, do wood-fired pizza? Yes. Okay. But now... It, we'll say if it's 100. <laughs> probably closer number. But now you won't be able to have a wood-fired pizza if you want a crispy with a little black char on the crust wood-fired pizza. You will no longer be able to have that. You will have to eat a vegan pizza with artificial cheese on it. This is kind of the Bloomberg syndrome. How do you control people? By plastic straws and big drinks. (laughs) You can't have cheese, real cheese made out of dairy. Mm-hmm. Now I have to have artificial cheese made out of chemicals. Because by the way, now that you mentioned that, be good for you. I'm going to tell you how lazy and unentrepreneurial the South was. They owned most of the cattle in America back in the 1800s, and they they didn't make cheese. The North, Wisconsin, places like that were making cheese, and these people had all this cattle, and they would import butter from Ireland and import cheese from Wisconsin because they didn't have any cheese, but they had all the cattle. Uh, I do buy they are lazy, lazy guys. <laughs> I do buy all Kerrygold Irish butter. I know, I know. Because it's grass-fed, grass-fed butter. Yeah, of course. It's just better, bro- better butter. <laughs> you just have to love it. It's this grass-fed butter. Yeah. It's richer. It's healthy for you. And um, And here's why, folks. A little science tip. The reason is because when you buy grass-fed butter, it is high in omega-3 fatty acids like fish oil. Oh, leave me alone, will you? Jeez. <laughs> but when I'm you trying buy, to break a sociological point up and you turn it into... Because I'm, I'm concerned with the health of America. Oh, my God. RFK and I are going on a crusade together. For butter. Push-ups for butter. To do, we're going we're gonna to be the 60-plus-year-old push-up guys. <laughs> I can do as many push-ups as RFK. Probably. Oh, no, I know I can. Less than 100 pizzerias in New York are wood fire. Less than 100 pizzerias. Exactly what I'm saying. This is what's ruining the air in New York. Oh, my. Come on. $20,000 to install scrubbers. Yeah. So what it will do, it will. So wait a minute, though. There's there's, a small business. There's something that I can't explain. And I don't know whether it's just to take your eye off what's going on or what's happening. 
that usually is what it is. They'll divert your attention to something that is uh, just, you know, innocuous. So why all of a sudden attack wood-fired pizza ovens when you got so many problems that are so far? It's got to be way down the, on the priority list. Canada. It was the it was the wildfires why? in Canada that drew his attention to it. Okay. Because he noticed there was a tree on fire. And when he saw the smoke from the tree, Eric Adams. There goes my vegan pizza. Well, that tree's making smoke. So I'll bet when they stick a tree in a coal fire in a in a wood-burning oven, it must do the same thing. We can't have that in New York. This is a crisis. Well, that's the point. It's not a crisis. Oh so yeah. they're trying to, you know, trying to create a crisis. Jeez, I mean, you couldn't. Incredible. I don't care what they do in New York. I mean, they're they're nuts anyway. If you look, like they are in California. So, if you looked at the parts per billion, or this would be parts per trillion, of carbon particles floating in the air of New York, that came from a piece of wood, wood fired pizza oven, you could not measure this. <laughs> it would be immeasurable. Yeah. Well, not to Eric Adams. Now, sticking to the East Coast here, Chuck, Penn State. What has happened to Pennsylvania? This was the home of Benjamin Franklin. <laughs> well, you can say the same thing about Boston. What happened to them? Well, well, and and New down. York was once the capital of the United States. What happened to it? <laughs> I mean, my God, could you imagine Benjamin Franklin, Franklin coming back and seeing Pennsylvania or Boston now? So a Penn State professor has decided to sue the university. Now, this is where Joe Biden had the Penn State uh, Chinese. Uh, yes, the Biden, the O'Biden Penn, Penn State, State Chinese China. Learning Center. Right, exactly. Where you lock up all the state secrets in a broom closet and you leave the door unlocked in case any Chinese nationals need to get in the closet. And blame Trump for doing nothing like that. And where the money to support it comes from the Chinese Communist Party. Right. There is that part also. So this professor's name is Zach DePiro. Mm -hmm. Zach clearly seems to be a white guy. He kind of looks like Italian heritage here. Something like that. Seems like a nice fellow. <clears throat> Zach is suing because, first off, he was told <clears throat> that as a professor, it was going to be a requirement that he taught his students that using the English language is supporting white supremacy. Of course. What, what language would he like prefer to use? They it does not <laughs> doesn't say well, what that, the alternative is. What did you say this guy teaches? English. English. Jesus. And he has to he has to tell his students that English language is. supports white supremacy and that white people are a religious cult. This is part of what he is required to teach. Oh, my, my, I still want to know what the alternative language is they would use. Well, uh, when Zach complained about this. He did uh, it in Swahili. Check <laughs> this out. Zach received a continuous stream of racial slurs directed at him. Of course. Because, he, using is, English? because he is white. And was told there is a problem with the white race. Was he told in English there was a problem in the, with the white race? So, and that he, <laughs> a white man, must attend anti-racist workshops 
until such time as you get it. Well, I'm still interested in what the alternative to English would be. <clears throat> I don't know, but according to Penn State, the brainwashing will continue. Well, don't you think? Don't you <laughs> until you succumb to it? Don't you think that would? That's the most interesting part of all. If you can't, uh, what language do you default to if you're not using English? If I, I agree with you. If Elizabeth Warren speaks English, is it actually Native American? That's a good point. Mm. <laughs> so, anyways, uh, he was also told that if he does not get it, that English is white supremacy and that white people are inherently racist, he may have mental health issues and may need to go for psychological counseling. Oh, absolutely. No question about that. The uh, They also put out a video called, this is university, it's a training video for the professors. The name of the video is called, White Teachers Are the Problem. Hmm. And White Teachers Are the Problem video at Penn State says that white supremacy with all the evils in the world are, is the cause of all evils in the world. That uh, white people are the source of the original sin. Okay, okay, stop. I understand all of this. So what's the alternative? What do you do as Penn State in order to rectify this situation? You hire all black and minority people to teach at your college and replace all the white people. Which would be racist. No, that's not racist. Come on. Well, Professor DePiro says, now I'm starting, I am starting to question Professor DePiro's mental wellness at this moment. <laughs> It's almost like a religious cult is taking uh, control really? of the college. It's called That's tribalism. That's what almost, it is. Almost. Yeah, almost. Not quite, but almost. <laughs> he says, I am white and I need to repent for my sin. I need to keep repenting for my sins and I need to keep doing work. And no matter what, there is a psychological war that is raging against white people because we are we are irredeemable at this point. Well, I guess the only thing you could do is change the color of your skin. Is that is that really is that? Uh, but that's appropriation, right? So you can't do that. So what are your alternatives? Just to walk off and die somewhere, and you know, just not have any brains? It's all about skin color. I mean, this is how racist is that? What do you think they want to happen? Because most of the people making these claims are stupid white people. Well, they're trying to virtue signal. That's all I can say. So if, so let me ask a question, Chuck. If as, as, a, as a rich, older white guy, if I was to all of a sudden change my identify, my, my self-identification. Well, there you go. With What's that woman's name who did identify as black? What was her name? Dozenall. Dozenall. Oh, yeah. Rachel, Rachel Dozenall. Yeah. yeah. So maybe that's the answer to everything. I don't know. And she got railroaded. I think she got a raw deal because back then they accused her of racial appropriation. Well, that's what I mean. There's no way out of this thing. It's I know, just but the only... three years later, it's okay. She got she got the bad end of this thing. Well, I don't there's, know. There's, there was a girl kicked out of school because she refused to accept that one of her classmates was a cat. That her classmate identified as a cat, and she dared to say, you're not a cat, you're a girl, and they kicked her out of school. She just should have said meow. <laughs> <laughs> so. Teach the class in cat. 
Meow, 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 meow. <laughs> Throw a box of Purina in front of her. Huh? So if I was to re-identify as whatever, a table leg or a cat or neat popsicle. Although I, I think I'd be a cougar. Oh. <laughs> because Ricky Bobby had a cougar, cougar in the back right. of his car. So I think I'd like to be a cougar so I could be in a race car. Okay. So anyways, if I was to re-identify as a cougar, does that mean I am no longer a, the problem? I am no longer the source of all this original sin and grief now in the world? Uh, you know, there's no answer to this. That's the interesting thing. They've posed a question that has no answer. Because you would have to accept that I am a cougar, right? They have posed a question that has no answer. It's that simple. And they can't they can't tell you what the answer is because they don't have an answer. So if you can't teach in English, what what language do you teach in? What What's acceptable? I like cat. That's a good idea. I think cat. I think cat was good. Teaching cat. <laughs> <laughs> be a large cat. Well, so I'm going to be a cougar. Mm -hmm. So at any rate, Chuck, uh, this stuff has gotten to be so crazy and so ridiculous. Which gives me hope. Which gives me hope because the American people aren't this stupid. No, you have to be an intellectual to be this stupid. <laughs> yeah, you you must pretty much be after your name to buy into this crap. I know, I know. And as I've often said in this show, the only reason I got an, a PhD was so that I could get on this show and say, it is useless. <laughs> it is meaningless. Who was the guy who said he got all these PhDs from MIT and Harvard and every place? He had like a string of them. That was... He said, "I just I got all of them just to tell you, how, just to show you how useless they are." <laughs> that was uh, what's his name that uh, invented email. Yeah, that's that same guy, Shiva Iadora. Yeah, Shiva yeah. Iadora is an MIT doctor and a professor, and then he went back to Harvard and got a PhD for the sole purpose of having credibility when he says it was worthless. Because <laughs> right. if you don't have a PhD, then people will say, "Well, you're only saying that because you don't have one." <laughs> so you're just attacking people because we did all the work and you didn't. And you're just jealous. It sounds a little bit like that. So now I can say, yes, I have a PhD and you're an idiot <laughs> because it's meaningless. It does nothing. Well, a credential that does what gets you into the, I know what is, what does it do? Does it get, I guess, you know what it does? You the can elitist class. You can get, you can get invited to, to a think tank or a, or a, uh, a left wing cocktail party because oh we'll invite the doctor Willery and Mrs. Willery and uh, he'll be able to yes we're announcing oh, Victor Davis doctor Victor, and Mrs. Willery Victor David Hansen said the coolest thing I've heard about Pete Buttigieg he said he is the guy in the academic lounge that everybody runs to <laughs> how appropriate is that <laughs> I have no idea why they would run to him the academic lounge? Come on. I know. <laughs> Pete Buttigieg. There's there is nothing there. There is nobody home there. Yeah. He's got I'm going, I'm going to get accused of being a homophobe for saying this now, but it has nothing to do with that. <laughs> there is nothing there. Yeah. This is a guy who is I'm a homophobe. I'm against homosexuality. Yes. Episode 801. 801. 801 is where we had uh, Shiva Ayadora yeah. on to discuss his useless Harvard. His useless Harvard PhD. Harvard doctorate. Well, everything's useless at Harvard now. I mean, they're, they're 
they've broken down the point. Harvard used to be, if you had a Harvard diploma, you were in the business world, you were accepted hands down because you graduated from Harvard. That is no longer true. Oh no, it's it was no longer true for it's no longer true for Yale. It's no longer true for Princeton. It's no longer true for Stanford. It's no longer true for any of these elite colleges because they have just broken down academically. Yeah, Harvard MBA was a golden ticket. Yeah, not anymore. Harvard Law Degree. You know who's you know whose MBA is still holding value though? No. Wharton. Wharton School of Business. Yeah. So who do we know? Well, that, that, they've got to be total terrorist racists because that's where Trump got his. Uh, I was about to say, and who do we know who has a Wharton MBA? <laughs> yeah, all right. yeah. But remember, Trump's an illiterate. Nine percent. Yeah, I know. He talks. You know, it's interesting. They said that about George Bush too—that he was illiterate—and I didn't agree with everything George Bush did or said or whatever. But he was not illiterate. He was a lot of things. Illiterate wasn't one of them. But since he was from Texas and, you know, whatever, they are, they're just frauds. All of them are just frauds. It's just amazing how yeah, they get Elon, away with it. Elon does not have a PhD. No, but he's got a Wharton MBA. He's got a Wharton MBA, but he's not a doctor. So he's not really important. But Bill Gates, who dropped out of Harvard, he is important. Oh, super. So why is Bill Gates so accepted now without ideology? Period. Because he's from the right religion. Yeah. That's it. And here's it in a nutshell, folks, as we leave. Here's what the religion is. The religion is there is a few of us that are smart enough to tell the rest of the dum-dums how to live. There are too many of you dum-dums on my planet. We need to cull the herd, get fewer of you, and then you need to be useful serfs to pay for what we want and to do our bidding and to do what we expect you to do. Thank you, Klaus Schwab. This is animal farm. <laughs> so your choice, think about the difference. I want people to think about this as a model. I want you to think about a farm, a zoo, and the wild. An animal on the farm is there to do what? It's a beast of burden. It's there to either work or to provide food. Yep. In the zoo, the animal is there to Present. be observed and entertained. In the wild, the animal lives free. We, Are as in the conservatives, wild. want to be in the wild. doesn't mean we want to be wild. It means we want to live in the wild. We want to live free. We have, for the most part, been living in the zoo. The Democrats are devoted, are very, very convinced, we need to be living on the farm. And this is where Animal Farm came from, the, the, the actual book, Animal Farm. Oh, right. Read it. Read your history. Links in the show notes. Yeah. Animal Farm, 1984, Brave New World, Atlas Shrugged. And throw Victor David Hansen in there on YouTube. Because right. he's all over YouTube and he's brilliant. You will be dumbfounded how these brilliant people were able to foresee the future. I mean, you read 1984 and it reads like a democratic platform. I mean, literally. Well, folks, if you enjoyed today's show, leave us a good review on iTunes, Stitcher, Podcast One, and just know that we will see you next time. And have on faith. Podcast One. And have faith. Exactly. Bye-bye.